You are listening to the Manifesting God podcast with your host, Marie Elizabeth. This podcast will uplift and thrust you into the manifestation of the promises of God in your life. Good evening, good evening. Thank you so much for listening. Today is Monday. And if you know what Monday means, it means the Manifesting God podcast at 7 p.m. with Marie Elizabeth. I thank you all so much for joining me on this evening. I am so glad to be with all of you. God is doing a wonderful thing, a wonderful thing. You know, we've just gone through the seven letters in Revelations, the seven letters to the churches. And now, God is starting to turn us because see, we've identified where we were. We've moved from where we were. Some of us have made some decisions and we've decided that where we thought we were standing, we were not. And we decided, we decided to make some changes. And in our effort to make our changes, we made some decisions. And some of those decisions simply said, Lord God, I choose you. I choose you. I choose your ways. I choose your will. I don't want anything else but you. And so what God is saying to us now, for those of us who have made that choice, who have made that decision to follow on with the Lord, and we've decided to follow on in meekness and humbleness, and we're leaving behind anything that is not like him. We're leaving behind anything, everything. If it does not align with the will and the purpose of God, we are indeed leaving it behind. So God is telling us we can go now. We can do the work that he's assigned to our hand. Now, for those of us who have decided, we've made a conscious decision. This is just not for me. I don't believe that it takes all of that. I just want to live my life. You too can go now. You too can go now. See, one goal now is a receiving. The other goal now is a pushing away is a pushing away. So for us today, let me just let me just preference this. Let's start in Matthew 28. Let's go to Matthew 28 and we're going to talk a little bit about the commission that Christ has assigned to our hands because what are we going to do? We need to understand exactly what it is that he is requiring of us. So what exactly are we going to do and how has he equipped us to do it? Exactly how, what, what is waiting on us? What help, what help awaits our presence? What help is waiting on us to show up and move at our command? At our command, because guess what? The word of God is in your mouth. It's in my mouth. The word of God is in our mouths. And guess what? His word does not return void. It's going to do what it purposed to do. So no more I, but only you, oh God. It is your words that I will use to turn the hearts and the minds of your people towards you, that you might be lifted up and glorified in their lives. Matthew 28 and 16, it says, now the 11 disciples, they went to Galilee to the mountain that Jesus had designated. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted that he, that it was really he. And let me pause there for a moment. See, because there are those that are in Christianity that have read of the life of Jesus Christ. They had, they have read of how he was crucified. So they've read of his death, yet they pause at the, he is risen. So they don't believe that he is actually raised up from the dead. They don't believe that he is dwelling amongst us and sitting at the right hand of the father in his place of ascension. They stopped at he died. 
They didn't get to, he rose. For them, they can go away because without Jesus, Jesus is that door. He's the only door by which we can access. We can access the heavenly promises that God has promised. He's the only way we can access God. So without walking through that door, the door of Jesus Christ, our journey stops right there because of disbelief. Our journey would stop because of disbelief. Verse 18 says, Jesus came up and he said unto them, all authority, and I'm reading the Amplified Version where it says all power, absolute rule in heaven and on earth, it has been given to me. So all authority and all power is Jesus. It's Jesus Christ. It belongs to Jesus Christ. So if we refuse to believe that he rose up from the grave, then we re we are no longer recipients or we don't have access to the authority, the all, all his power and the absolute rule that he has. Guess what? Not just in heaven, but in the earth. We don't have access to it because it's all in the name. It's all in Jesus Christ. And he tells them in verse 19, go therefore, go. This is your commission. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations, just like I made of you. Help the people in parentheses, it says, to learn of me, to believe in me and to obey my words. And I want you to also baptize them. The Greek there is to submerge and to cleanse and to make clean, to bring about a permanent change. So I want you to speak my word that is in you because my word, remember, it doesn't return back void. It's going to do what it's set out to do. So there will be a permanent change. And then he says to them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit, I want you to teach them and teach there is instill doctrine. I want you to explain. I want you to expound. I want you to explain in such graphics way, in such a graphic way that they are joined to me. Christ is saying he's putting the word in our belly that we can explain him to unbelievers and they will join to him. And he says, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. So share with them what I've shared with you. And lo, I am with you always. I remain with you perpetually, regardless of the circumstance. And in every occasion, I am there with you, even until the end of the age. So Mark 28 is telling us we're going to go, we're going to baptize, and we're going to teach. Now go to Mark 16. Same thing. They all saw the same Thing, but they each added in their own voice their interpretation of what they saw. Now, listen to this verse, uh, Mark 16. Let's go, verse 15. And we're talking about Jesus again. Once he had not, he had not yet ascended to heaven, but he had ascended from the place of dissension and he was speaking with his disciples. And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach and preach. See, first he told them to go and uh, baptize and to go and teach. Now he's telling them to go and preach go and preach. And here it suggests, it suggests when you talk about preaching, it's suggesting that you bring about, you speak the word of God with a seriousness, with a, with a gravity. Is the screen frozen for you all? With, um, with, a, with a gravity of speech. Tell me if that screen is frozen for you all. And, it, and if you can hear me, um, let me know if it's paused. Um, so he's telling them that I want you to go into the world and I want you to baptize. I want you to teach. I want you now, he's saying, very good, to preach. And preaching there is with seriousness, with, with authority, he says here. This is what this word means. I want you, it's suggesting that you do it with a gravity 
a seriousness and with authority that such authority that it must be listened to and it listened to and it must be obeyed. So you're going to speak the word of God with such an authority that it just absolutely grabs the attention of the listener, that it just absolutely must be preached and it must be obeyed. And you're going to preach it to everyone that you come in contact with. Why? So that he that believed it, that believed the word you spoken. And then he says, and has been baptized so that they will be saved so that they will be saved. And in parentheses, it says from the penalty of God's wrath and his judgment, but he who has not believed, if they have not believed, then they will be condemned. And what I like about this um, particular passage in Mark is I believe that it even supplies you with evidence to know if you've done it effectively. In verse 17, it says, these signs will accompany those who have believed in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. It won't hurt them. They're going to lay hands on the sick and the sick will get well. So it gives us even a measuring rod for if we're doing it right, it gives us a measuring rod to examine if Others are doing it right. Watch it here now, because we know that we are to baptize and we are to teach. We know that we are to preach the word of God. However, however, if we're the listener, let's just pause for a moment. Sidebar, if we're the listener and we don't see demons being cast out, we don't hear new tongues. We don't see where the person is, the Bible says here, they will pick up surface. And if they drink anything deadly, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will get well. We don't see anyone getting well. We don't see, we don't see anyone casting out demons, then the evidence is not there. So somewhere down the line, somewhere, somewhere, the baptizing, the teaching and the preaching got tainted. It got tainted because we no longer saw the signs, the signs that God was indeed with this person. From such, have no dealings. For with such, have no dealings. You see no sign. You see no evidence. You see no minds turning, turning from God. You go to a ministry and in that ministry, everybody does whatever they want to do. Whatever seems right in their own eyes. No one is doing the absolute will of God. No one. No one. So that means you don't see anyone that's sick, sick, sick with demonic spirits, spirits being healed. You don't see demonic forces being cast out. That means the word of God is not following them. The word of God is not working because we already know that it does whatever it says, sets out to perform. It's going to perform it. It's going to perform it. No performance, no God. No performance, there's no God. From such, run, run, run for your life. Run for your life. Now, those of us who, who in the beginning, we said, you know, I'm in my after. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. You may go now. You can baptize. You can teach. You can preach the word of God. And God has promised that as long as you're doing it according to my will, that I'm going to be with you and the sick will get well. And demonic forces will be cast out of the minds of my people and my people will be delivered. They're going to be delivered. This is the evidence of a job done correctly. This is the evidence. Now go to Luke 24. How are we supposed to do all of this? With what our wisdom are we supposed to do all this? Well, Luke 24 and 49, he says, listen very carefully. Put your ears Put your ears, put your ears over here. I got something to tell you. I'm going to send ahead of time. I'm going to give you an advance. 
going to give you an advance on the promises of God. I'm going to give you the an advance on the promises of my father. And I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. This is how you will do these things in my name. This is how you will baptize. This is how you will teach. This is how you will preach. You will do it under the unction, the gift, the wisdom, the ability advisement of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. Because guess what? Without the Holy Spirit, we can do nothing. We cannot understand. We cannot understand. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot understand. We cannot understand. So many times today we see in our pulpits a word going forth and you can tell by the lack of power of the word, the lack of authority by which that word comes forth, the lack of force that that word has in penetrating the minds of people that the person delivering it does not understand does not understand. There is a means that God has given us. He wants us to understand what we are doing. He wants us to understand indeed what we are doing. And so many times we miss it because we will not take the time. We won't put the time in where we wait, where we wait on it, where we wait on it. And I don't know about you, but I think we've had a whole year to wait. We've had an entire year in which we waited on God and which we waited on him to reveal to us our current situation and our current circumstance and what he was happy with and what he was no longer happy with, what he wanted us to let go of and what he wanted us to gravitate towards. So now we're in a place where we have no excuse. We have no excuse at this time because God is saying, I have supped with you. I have, we have dined. I have sufficiently explained to you my expectations. I took you through the churches and revelation where God was clear about what was acceptable and what was not acceptable. So he said to us over and over again, he's made it clear to us. So now there are no more excuses. There are no more excuses. At this point, we have made decisions whether or not we're going to believe on the Lord God and all his commandments and all his promises or not. See, because we understand that when he descended, he also ascended. And while he and when he did ascend and the thing that gets me is like in between that, in between the dissension and the ascension before he went up to sit, take his rightful place at the right hand of the father. He actually paused to remind the disciples of what he taught them. He paused to remind them, remind them, which is what God did with us for a year. He paused to remind us of everything that everything that he taught us. And he paused to remind us of his expectations. Now, that was just a pause. And in that pause was a commission. It was direction. It was instruction. And then he ascended. But once he ascended, he still turned back his hand and gave gifts to man. So not only did I give you what I could give you in person, I gave you my wisdom, I gave you my guidance, I gave you my examples, I gave you signs and miracles, gave you examples of what you're to do. In between, before I got to that point of ascension, I paused and I gave you a commission. I told you what to do with all of it. 
I told you what to do. I said, go baptize, go teach and go preach according to everything that I showed you. And then he ascended and turned around and gave them a yet another promise. Here, here you go. Here's apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers and evangelists. Here's gifts of help. Here's gifts of administration. Here's everything that you're going to need to do the will of God. And right now I'm speaking about Ephesians 4, where he get where once he ascended, he gave those gifts unto man. And he gave it to us because he said, you're going to need this. Why are you going to need these gifts? Why are you going to need the apostles? Because you need that representation. Why do you need the prophets? Because you need someone that's going to speak my oracles. Why do you need the evangelists? Because you need someone that's going to spread that good news that you share. Why do you need the pastors? Because you need someone that's going to shepherd and guide the people that you share this word with. That's Ephesians uh, 4 and uh, 11. But if you go down to verse 12, he tells us if we do that correctly, if we do that correctly, if each, if we share this word of God, the way God intended, and we are baptizing and we are teaching and we are preaching and we're doing it under the unction of the Holy Spirit and the apostles are in the proper place, the prophets, the pastors, the, I mean, the evangelists, the pastors and the evangelists, the teachers, the pastor, if they're in, pastors and teachers, if they're in their proper place, apostles prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, if they're in their proper place, then guess what's going to happen? Then the body of Christ will be equipped. They will be equipped. Verse 12 tells us they will be perfected. That again, evidence, evidence that they are equipped and perfected is their works their works of service. They can take what's being taught. They can build up the remainder of the body, helping the entire body to function as God designed, as he, as he designed in oneness, in oneness. But it starts with, it starts with the word that God has put in your mouth. Are we willing to open our mouths today? Are we believing that if we open our mouths under the unction of the Holy Spirit, that we can indeed baptize, teach and preach under the gifts that God has given us, whether that be apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, whether you have the gift of helps, gifts of ministry, whatever gift God has given you to operate in. Are we believing that from wherever he placed us in the body that we can indeed go now? We have what we need to go now. No more procrastination. That is actually of the enemy at this point because you have what you need. Now you can hang up from this live and you can let the enemy convince you that you do not, or you can let fear drive you to shut the door and not come out, go in your cave, go back in the cave and not come out. But I'm here to tell you, and I'm going to remind you that you are indeed free. You are no longer prophets. You're not in the caves. Come out, open your mouth and declare what God is saying in this season, because God is telling us that we can go now. He has put in us everything that we need. Everything that we need, it is in us now. If fear, if fear is trying to block you, guess what? My word to you is do it afraid. Then be afraid, but stand up and open your mouth. Open your mouth and declare with thus saith the Lord. Why? Because the remnant awaits you. Those that God has called to his bleeding side that have not yet come. They are waiting for the word that comes out of your belly. They're waiting for the word that's going to come out of your mouth. Now, are you going to share that word or are you going to shut down? Are you going to shut down? You've been shut down all these years. Come on. If you're 30, you've been shut down for 30 years. If you're 40, you've been shut down for 40 years. 50, 60, you've been shut down for 50, 60 years. Approaching 70, you've been shut down for 70 years. But guess what? Not too late. If you woke up this morning and you're under the sound of my voice, then God is calling you to service. 
He's calling you to service. It is not about the person up front doing all the work. It is about each of us, each of us going and doing our, what God assigned to our hands that will cause the body to function seamlessly. That will cause the will of God to be done seamlessly. If we are all in our place, the entire body of Christ will be equipped. They will be perfected. They will come to a oneness of faith. See, there is a foundation here that we are standing on. And we need to understand that this foundation, it stems literally from the Old Testament and it's into the new. And we've been building on this foundation for years to the point where we are still building on that foundation of Christ today. Today, God has, listen, this, this foundation that I'm referring to, it was established back when Moses went and he freed the Israelites. This foundation of Christ, our understanding of who Christ is, his laws, it was all established. It was established as Israel was walking around the mountain for somewhere between 39 and 40 years. They were walking around this mountain where God was establishing establishing the root, the root of what we believe today. He was establishing it today. At that time, Moses was teaching decrees. He was teaching laws. He was showing them how they lived. There was senior counsel being established. There was there were rules and regulations that stem back all the way up to how we do things today. And yes, we may apply them in a more modern format, but the point is we do do it today. We do it today and we're study building and we're study building. And I say it like that to say when I say we are we increasing and building is because things change. Times change. But the foundation that we're standing on is sure. It is sure. It is solid. It is solid. And while we may build on that foundation to incorporate the, the things that we have today, the technology we have today, the understanding of Christ that we have today, to be able to operate in the world, the governments, as we know today, the foundation is still, is still solidified in the commandments that Christ gave then. It still has not changed. Those those reg rules and regulations, while they might have morphed into a more to different verbiage, they still exist today. So you have no need to stand still. You have no need to stand still. See, because when we stand still, we are telling God that he's a liar. We are telling God that the ground that he has, that he solidified under our feet is shaky. We're telling him that we don't believe that it can hold us. So we'd rather not move in that manner because we're not sure that that ground can hold us. We're telling God that we don't believe. And just like the disciples, when Mary came and told them that Jesus had arisen and they were looking at her like she was crazy. We're telling God that we indeed don't believe that he has risen. We stop. We did. We're doing as others where we're stopping and we're saying, hey, you know what? I, I just I believe that he died. I believe that he lived and that he died. But I don't believe that he rose again. And that's exactly what we're saying when we're when we don't move in him. It's all a form of disbelief. It is all a form of disbelief. So we have to decide how exactly do we want to proceed? Because if we're going to proceed with God, we can indeed go now. But if we are not, if we are absolutely not, you know, if we've made up your mind, it's just not for me, then you can indeed, you go the opposite way. You go the opposite direction away from Christ. You don't move. You stay in the paralyzed state. You stay in the paralyzed state. See, when when Christ established the found when the foundation was established through Moses, go to Exodus. Go to Exodus, uh, where back? Go to Exodus. Let's go to Exodus 18. 
Go to Exodus 18. And I just, I think about here, like some of the things that have been established, some, some things that are in our foundation that we see today. We see them today, today, where we had, um, where Moses, I, let's, let's talk, let me just switch gears real quick. And we're talking about, so we talked about now, we talked about now, and um, we we're talking now about yesterday. So we're talking about the foundation that was established for us and the different things that are in that foundation so that we can understand how sure a foundation is that we're standing on. We need to understand, you know, a lot of times we get into trouble because we don't understand our history. We don't understand from whence we came. So somebody can come along today and tell us anything because we don't understand yesterday. And we don't know how to fight because we don't have the, the know-how, the understanding, the wisdom of yesterday. <clears throat> and because we don't have it, we're unable to fight that battle. So we're enslaved because of ignorance. We're enslaved because of ignorance. See, established through Moses, there were there were different feasts. There were different offerings. There was consecration. Um, there was council established in Moses for Moses. Like, OK, let's go to Exodus um, 18 and then let's go to um, let's go to let's see. Let's go. Let's talk about um, Moses. Let's talk about Moses. Let's talk about the council that was established. So Moses is Moses was, um, you know, to me, Moses, I always liken him to a type of pastor because while he was the prophet, while I believe he also was the apostle, he was also to me the pastor because while he had to lead those people, he had to he had to nurture them and he had to guide them in God's requirements. Much like a pastor, he had to continually point them to God and God's expectations. And Moses here, he was doing something that his father-in-law told him it won't be good. And Moses' father-in-law said to him, see, what, what happened was Moses at this point, so many people, he literally sat sat in his seat and the people came to him for counsel. They came to him whatever situation they didn't understand, whatever situations they didn't know what to do, how to do. They came to Moses. They came to Moses. I'm going somewhere with this. Stay with me. We're talking about yesterday. They went to Moses. So Moses' father-in-law, he said to him in verse 17, the thing that you are doing is not good. He said, you will certainly wear out both yourself and these people who are with you. So you're going to wear yourself out and you're going to wear the people out because the task is too heavy for you to do. You cannot do it alone. And he said to him, he said, listen, this is what I'm going to advise you to do. He said, and may God be with you and confirm my advice. And I'm in the Amplified Version. He said, you're going to represent the people before God. You shall bring their disputes and causes to him. And then he said, you shall teach them the decrees and the laws. So he's telling Moses, you teach them the decrees and the laws. You show them the way they are to live and the work they are to do. And then you select from the people, competent men who reverently fear the Lord, men of truth, those who hate dishonest gain. You shall place these over the people as leaders of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, of tens, and they will judge the people at all times. Have them bring every major dispute to you, but let them judge every minor dispute themselves. How are they going to judge it themselves? They're going to judge it themselves because he, as he first instructed Moses, you teach them, you teach them the decrees and you teach them the laws. And by example, you show them how they are to live and the work that they are supposed to do. So it will be easier, he told Moses, for you. And they will bear the burden, he said, with you. They will bear the burden with 
you. And when I read that, it took me back to the original commission that Christ gave before he ascended, the commission that he gave his disciples because he was with them and he taught them. He showed them. He told them what God's expectation was. He showed them. But yet when Mary came to tell them that Jesus had arisen that quick, they forgot. They were in trauma at at his death. So that quick, they forgot. What might you be in trauma in today that you have forgotten the decrees and the laws? I'm talking to those who are backing up instead of moving forward. What trauma have you experienced that is causing you to forget the decrees and the laws that have been taught to you, the examples that have been shown to you. Can I can I challenge you today and tell you that it is a deception of the enemy? It is a deception of the devil to go into your mind at this point in time and make you think that you are cannot do the will of Christ, that you cannot go any further. See, because you're right there. We are right here, right now. So because we're right here, right now, the enemy is like, oh my God, they're there. They're there. What do we do? What do we do? And, and, and the imps are looking at God, looking at Satan, and they said, what do we do? They're there. They are in there after. They are in their goal now. What do we do? And the enemy said, tell them they're not. Tell them they can't do it. Tell them they can tell them that they cannot do the will of God. Tell them that their mind can't handle it. Tell them that their health can't take it. Tell them that they could never speak the oracles of God. Whatever you do, discredit, discredit, discredit their ability to move forward. Wherever it takes discredit. Here, how about this? Their confidence. Discredit their belief, whatever you have to do to keep them from moving one step forward. I don't care. Tell them they're crazy. Tell them that what they saw and what they heard is not true, but don't let them move another step forward. You, ma'am, sir, if you believe that a sickness that your mind has told your body it has is going to stop you from performing the will of God, then the enemy has succeeded. If you, ma'am or sir, believe that because you don't have the money, and we're going to talk about that later, that you believe that you need to have to do the will of God, that you can't move forward, you, ma'am, sir, are being Deceive. The enemy is manipulating your thoughts to make you insecure in what you believe and what you know to be true and what has already been proven to you. What more do you need? What more do you need if you are the man or the woman of God, the leader I'm talking to now? If you are the man or woman of God and you are believing, I can't move forward and I can't do this or that because the people, because the people. See, Moses let the people distract them. The people's need distract them. I need, but I need to talk to Moses, but I need to hear from Moses, but I need, because Moses has the answer. Moses is the only one that has the answer. Can you imagine how many people were upset when Moses declared, you will no longer come to me? Can you imagine? Some of them are probably some of the same ones that caused them to have to, uh, to, to, to roam around the mountain for 30, my husband, mosey around the mountain for 30, for 38 to 50, 40 years. Some of them that had to die off because of their disbelief were probably some of the ones that got upset when Moses said, I'm going to teach you the decrees. I'm going to teach you the laws and you, I'm going to show you how to do it and you are going to do it yourself. You are going to solve your issues yourself. You are going to work with the person that has been assigned to your tens, your hundreds, your thousands. If you can't work out that issue, if you don't understand enough, you're going to work through it with them, but you're not going to touch me. Imagine that. 
Imagine that. What am I saying to you? Get off your leader's back. Can we take the laws and the decrees that we have been taught? Take the laws, the decrees, the examples that we have been shown. And can we now rise up to a place where we have this ministry? And stop letting our leader be bogged down with the cares of his life and your 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 life. Can we can we do our part? Because guess what? If we can't carry our own load right now, right now, you are not equipped for what's coming. You will be overbearing, overburdened with what's coming. If you can't take one person talking about you now, God knows you can't go to the masses because then it'll be 3000 talking about you. You're going to lose your mind. We have to make a decision. We either want to be in this for God or we're not going to be in this for God. And even he told them, he said, um, and if you if you do this thing that God commands you, then you'll be able to. So leaders, if you teach them the decrees and you teach them the laws, if you show them by example, the responsibilities, how to carry the decrees, how to carry the laws, not only will it help you to be able to endure, but the people, they can go back and they can rest in their homes in peace. They can rest in peace. So they can't be mad at you when you tell them what God is saying, when they read the word of God for themselves and they see what God is saying. They can look, they can just be mad with God. They don't have to be mad with you. They don't have to be mad with you. And Moses did exactly as he was told. And because of that, we understand that the foundation that God, that God raised Moses up in as that deliverer, you know, it's so many things. Like I said, sometimes I look at Moses and I'm like, okay, he was the prophet. Then he had to be the apostle. Then he had to be the pastor. He, then he was the deliverer. Then he was the intercessor. He had to be everything. He had to be everything. So we have a clear picture of what it looks like for one person, one person to have to carry the full load, to have to carry the full load. The man got so frustrated with them, you know, with their constant, well, we should have just went back to Egypt. Let me tell you something, leaders. If you got anybody around you right now that's talking about, well, why we got to go there? Why we got to do that? Why can't we just stay here? Why can't we just stay here in Egypt? I mean, because we, we know what's going on here. We know that. We know. Listen, if you know what I know, you cut that cord and leave them in Egypt. And you'll be about your father's business. Don't let nobody drag you around no mountain no 40 times, whining and crying. And every five minutes, we need water, but we need food. But you won't talk to us. We you got to be about your father's business. There are people that are waiting for the word that's in your belly. It is all foundational from the time God raised up Moses as a deliverer. It is not a suggested midpoint, but a building on a foundation that was first mentioned in Exodus that has been expanded to Matthew, Mark, and Luke. When he told them about the commission, listen, could they have, could he really have told them that had he not been able to remind them, you've been taught. I gave you an example. How are you sitting here acting like you didn't know or surprised that I'm showing up? Did I not tell you? See, we our God saved our leaders because he took us all through it for the whole year. Everything that leadership, for those of us who have excellent leaders, superb leaders, everything that our leadership has been telling us, God explained it to us in much detail for a whole year for a whole year. I'm telling you, someone call you leader whining about the situation, circumstance, asking you a question of something that you already taught them. You've already taught them. I dare you to hang up. Just hang up. Just hang I dare you. Hang up. And then guess what they're going to say? Oh, because they're going to say, I, I must have that answer somewhere. See, we don't, we don't challenge people. Leadership, you must challenge people to that next. You must challenge them to that next level of thinking. 
that next level of awareness. You can't not challenge them. You can't show up every Sunday with a diaper bag full of formula and be willing to substitute the formula for the meat that you planned on serving for those who don't want to digest it and they've been around you well over 20 years. You can't keep doing that. You need to show up the steak and show up with the steak and say, I don't care if you have to chew it in small itty bitty bites. You're going to chew it. You're going to chew it. You're going to get those teeth strong and you're going to chew it. See, we have to challenge you to the next level, to the next level. I always wait when I'm being asked a question. I wait to see if the person is going to come up, with the th think about it and actually and actually write back and say, oh, I got the answer. I got the answer. Wait, just wait a minute. Just wait a minute. Don't be so quick to go run into the rescue. Don't be so quick, leaders, to throw on your capes and go run into the rescue. The person will, that's asking the question that seems to be in the trauma, if they if they pause for one second, they go, oh, wait a minute, I got a cape hanging right here in my closet. Let me just put on this cape mm -hmm, and let me go solve this issue. But you got to give, sometimes you got to give people a minute to think about what all they have access to, what all they have at their disposal, what understanding they have in their arson to be able to fight their own battles. Don't be so quick to run out the door and fight a battle and then get mad because you ran out the door. You had to run out the door and fight the battle when you could have paused for a moment and just gave them a moment to sit and think, OK, what do I have that I can use to solve this battle? What do I have? See, a lot of believers foundations for life, for worship for obedience to expectations in God, they begin in Exodus and they are expounded upon in detail, great detail in Leviticus and Deuteronomy. They give us examples of everything that Moses had to teach. We get to see it actually enacted through those people throughout those 40 years. And those 40 years were there because remember, and two, he told them, he said, go sit 12 to say, go spy out that land. Go tell me what you see in Canaan. 12 came back, 12 went, two came back with a good report, 10 did not. And 10, they spread their infectious disbelief throughout the entire camp to the point where they had to go around that mountain for, for nearly 40 years for those that did not believe to die off. Disbelief will cause you to die. It will cause you to die off. If you cannot move forward at this point, if you cannot go now with what God has given you, you, ma'am or sir, are in disbelief and you will die off. Sad to say, you will die off. And I absolutely refuse to die without completing what God has assigned to my hands. I will work at it until every last breath. We ought to have that mindset until my last breath. I will work at what God has assigned to my hand. So it doesn't matter what comes, what distractions try to move, turn my eyes away from the flint that is fixed on. It doesn't matter what comes, what sickness, what illness, what disruptions, what distractions come to move you, to move you. If you are fixed, and completing and finishing. I don't want to hear God tell me incomplete. I don't want to hear God. Listen, God knew that we would have moments where our experiences would prolong the promise or did it or did it. See, I believe we are right on time. We are right where we're supposed to be, right when we're supposed to be. God knew that we would have experiences. He knew that those experiences, some would be devastating. Some might even be paralyzing. So he accounted for all of that in the plans that he has for us. God knew we would have moments when we didn't know if we were not going, to, if we were going to make it through. He knew we would be met with obstacles that we weren't sure if we could cross. All he cared about is that we believed in him. 
All he cared about is that through every situation that presented itself, through every circumstance that showed up, everything, every disappointment, all he cared about is that we maintained our belief in him to bring us through. Hold on to your beliefs. Don't let go of your beliefs. Even if you have to do it afraid, still believe. Take your fear with you and just believe that God is going to speak through you his very oracles when he is ready. See, because there are those, they were unable to enter the promised land because of their unbelief. Some of us may not be able to enter into the promises of God simply because we don't believe we can. We don't believe the we don't believe that those promises are for us. We've made mistakes and the enemy has us convinced that though because of those mistakes that we that the promises are not applied to our lives. But I'm here to break that curse and break that hold over your mindset and tell you that the promises are indeed for you. You have grace and you have mercy which says those promises are for you. God's promises for you, they're yes and they're amen. They're yes and I agree with me. The promises, God is saying, the promises I have for you, I've already promised them and I agree with myself. I agree with myself that it's for you. You're not even anywhere in the in the in the uh, in the um, in the problem. In the you're not anywhere in that in that in that arithmetic, you know, value. You're nowhere in there. You you have no figures to computate. Nothing. You are. It is strictly between God Himself and God Himself. You are nowhere in there. He said, "I gave you grace and I gave you mercy to cover you for those times when you struggle." When you struggle, but if you hold on to your belief in me, if you hold on to that, you can see the promises that I have for you. You can see them all in in Numbers 14 and 22. He said, none of the people who saw his glory and the miraculous signs that he did in Egypt in the desert, they're not going to see the promise. They're not going to see the promise. But why? Because they keep testing him with their unbelief. They keep testing him. See, we know better. We've seen God over and over and over provide for us. We've seen him over and over and over heal us, heal our bodies, heal our minds of infectious demonic forces that we allow to come in. We've seen God cleanse us from filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit over and over and over again. But we're not going to be able to fully access the promises of God. We're not going to be able to continue to access these promises if we're going to keep testing him. If we want to, we know what he's been teaching us over this past year. We know what he shared. I know what he shared with me. You know what he shared with you. He has brought us each to that place and our calling in him and through him where we can now go and do the work. We can baptize. We can teach. We can preach. We've got all the gifts. We've got the callings. We can do this. However, we're going to we're going to get right here and then try to test them where we should be going, where we should be moving. We're going to get here and we're going to decide to test him. There are those who stood. They continue to believe God and they crossed over into the promise. They, but they crossed over with Joshua. They crossed over with Joshua. Because of Moses' sin, Moses was not able to enter into the promised land. He was able to see the promised land. We don't want to be the leader that is able to see the promise but can't enter in because of our disbelief. Because of our disbelief, we don't want to be the people that can see the promised land but cannot enter in because of our disbelief belief because of our disbelief. See, Moses, Joshua was not Moses, but Joshua did build. He did build on the foundation, the foundation that is Christ, that Moses executed all the formalities, all the, all the under the rules, the regulations, the understanding, the life, everything, everything that God gave Moses was what Joshua stood on. It was all what Joshua stood on. It was all established by God 
through Moses. And Joshua 1 and 2, uh, God says, my, my servant Moses is dead. This is what he tells Joshua. Now you, now you and all these people, you're going to cross the Jordan River into the land that I am going to give the people of Israel. This was nearly 39 years later when they're finally crossing over for something that when they went to spy out the land to see what was over there, it was 40 days. It was 40 days. See, God, the journey, listen, there was a lot that God exposed them to through their walk around the mountain. There was a lot that God established through their walk. There was a lot that, that God, a lot of wisdom and understanding and examples, as I told you, Deuteronomy and Leviticus, examples God gave us that of what he established and what he expected as they walked around the mountain. So what does that tell me? Everything that we've been through, Every situation, circumstance that we have been through, there was purpose in there. There was instruction in there. There was guidance there. There was rules and regulations for living. There are some lines that we will never cross because of experiences that we've had. So we've learned something. The experience was not meant to put us in a position of disbelief. The experiences were to help us grow and come to a better understanding of who God is so that we can get to that place of forevermore where Matthew, Mark and Luke and Mark in Matthew, Mark and Luke, where Jesus is commissioning them. He's commissioning us today as disciples, where he's telling them, you're going to go, you're going to baptize, you're going to submerge and, and cleanse and make clean with my words, the people of God. You're going to teach the people of God. You explain, you know, join them to me through your teaching. Help them to observe everything that I've commanded you through your examples. You're going to preach to these people. Suggest, I mean, with seriousness, you're going to preach to them. You're going to preach to them the living word of God so that they can be saved. And if you have done that job correctly, it's still for us today. Demons are going to be cast out. They're going to speak in new tongues. They're going to pick up serpents and nothing will harm them, meaning nothing deadly is going to harm them. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to get well and you're going to do it all under the unction, under the gift of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. And see, as we carry on, as we carry on, as we move forward, as we move forward, we're going to move to incorporate the Joshua anointing into our movement and our purpose as we transform ourselves into the Joshua generation, into the Joshua generations. We're going to we're going to as we go on, as I continue on, we're going to pull lessons from the Old Testament, from the book of Joshua and then from the New Testament, the book of Acts, because we want to understand spiritual movement. We want to understand spiritual movement, the battles, the conflicts that come, and how to remain conquerors in the face of adversity. Because even though we're going now, even though we're moving forward now, adversity does await us because we know from the scriptures, not everyone will believe and not everyone will receive. We want to understand our commission. We want to understand our ability to move about. We need to be clear on what movement and progress, because we've been in such a state of, um, of, of, of stagnancy and no progress for so many years that we need to redefine what is movement. We need to redefine what progress looks like. And we need to, we need to know this. Why? Because if we get off course, if we somehow get off course, we need to know quickly. We need to know quickly how to recalibrate, how to recalibrate. We need to know quickly how to recalibrate so that we don't lose ground. Because guess what? We have a work to do. We have a comp we have to accomplish what God has assigned to our hands. No more, no more. We don't have, I don't know about you all, but I don't feel like I have time to waste anymore. I just don't. How many of you feel that way? I don't feel like I have time to waste anymore. I feel like I need to get moving. 
and I need to be about my father's business. I don't have time for negativity. I don't have time for um, um, conversations that lead to nowhere. I don't have time for work that leads to nowhere. And by nowhere, I mean that things that are not about accomplishing the will of God, things that are not about moving the kingdom of God forward, things that are not about um, moving the plan that God has for my life forward. I told you until my last breath, I'm going to do the will of God. Well, I'm not going to wait until my last breath to do the will of God. Every day, all day, I'm about the will of God. I have no other purpose. I have no other plan. I'm only about the will of God. And sometimes you got to get up in the morning, look in the mirror and tell yourself today and every day I am about the will of God. I have no other purpose. I have no other, no other, no other plan to fulfill. But the one that God has set before me, you got to tell yourself, I will not be distracted. I will not be moved from my position of permanency in God. Don't let the enemy convince you that his will is not toward you and is not toward being fulfilled in you because it is. God is waiting on you. He's waiting on you to go now and to fulfill the commission that he has assigned to your hand. We've got movement. We've got movement on purpose now. As we go through these, go through the next few weeks, we're going to learn how to move in purpose and we're going to stop wasting God's time. Stop wasting God's purpose and stop wasting God's breath. The breath that he put inside us that we could interconnect with the parts of the body so that the body can walk in unity and as one. We are going to move forward in God. Why? Because we've got to go now. Come on, say that I've got to go now. I've got to go now. Come on, I've got the Holy Spirit. He's guiding me. He's leading me. God is directing my footsteps. My foot's not going to slip. I can go now. I can go now. Come on, you can go now. You got to tell yourself, I can go now. Yeah, I can go now. Come on, let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you today, God, for release. And I thank you, oh God, I speak release over the minds of your people, over their will, over their purpose that I call into alignment with your grace, your mercy, your purpose, alignment with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, that we will walk worthy of the vocation wherein we are called, that we now that we are found, we would go and find the lost. We can identify them by the place we once were. And God, we thank you for the discernment that you're giving us and the words of wisdom that are formulating in our hearts now to be able to draw all men unto you, to be able to lift you up, God, so that you can draw all men unto yourself, God. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for an unction to baptize, to teach, to preach your word. We thank you, oh God, for the gifts that you've given unto us to operate in. We thank you, oh God, that you are causing us, God, to be released into the world. And we will go now, God, and we will conquer in your name. We will conquer the elements in your name. We will conquer defeatism in your name. We will conquer Feel fear and illnesses and sicknesses in, the, in your name, God. We call for your work to be done and we thank you that provision. We thank you, God, that provision is hitting our hands now. We thank you that provision of wisdom is putting is being put into our minds now, God. We thank you, oh God, that your perfect will, God, is being done today, God. We thank you, oh God, for breaking us, breaking us to be able 
to minister. We thank you, oh God, that you broke it, God, our hearts, for, and you've mended them back together with your blood so that we are no longer attached to worldly things. We thank you, oh God, that you cleansed our ears and purified our eyesight so that we will see you in your pure form. We'll see your love. We'll see your embracing, all-encompassing patience. And we thank you, oh God, that you raised us up for such a time as this. We thank you that you raised us up for such a time as this, God. We thank you that you raised us up for such a time as this, God. And we call forth for your kingdom to come. We call forth for your will to be done in this earth, in this earth, as it is in heaven. We open, we open the portals so that your will can flow from heaven to, from heaven to earth, from heaven to earth. Cause your will to endow us with power. Cause your will to endow us with power from on high. We lift you up and we magnify you because you're the most high God, our mighty deliverer and our strong tower. We give you glory. We give you glory. All glory. All glory. All glory. All glory, God. All glory to your name. To your name. Your name alone be lifted up. Your name alone be glorified. Your name alone be magnified. To your shy. God, we love you. We love you. And we bless you. Thank you for your blood-covered hedge of protection that surrounds us now. That surrounds our ear gates. That surrounds our eyes, our mind. That covers our children. That covers our spouses. That covers our leaders. God, strengthen our leaders. Strengthen the hands of our leaders. Strengthen the minds of our leaders. Give them strength. Strength, God. We speak strength. We press strength into their minds. We press strength into their hearts. We press strength into their walk. Come on. Raise up leaders. Raise up. God is strengthening you anew. God is strengthening you anew. God is strengthening you anew. Raise up. Raise up. Raise up. Raise up. Move beyond current situations. Move beyond current circumstances. There's a people that await the word that's coming from your belly and they're going to receive it with joy and gladness. You cannot die here. You cannot surrender here. Rise up in the name of Jesus. God bless your people. Bless your leaders. Increase us the more. Increase us the more. Increase us the more. Increase us the more, Jesus. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. Peace. We give you glory. We give you. I gotta go. I gotta go. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory. We give you glory, God. We give you glory. Come on, can you bless them in your house? We give you glory. 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 Oh God, we love you today. We love you today. We love you today. We love you today. We give you glory. We give you glory. We thank you. 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 We thank you for being a strong tower. We thank you. 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 